Hello and welcome to Give Yourself Some Leeway with me, your host, Eugene Lee. Lately, we've been having a lot of conversations around leadership culture and people have been pointing a lot of fingers at traditional styles of leadership that may have worked for the past 50 or 60 years, yes, but current leaders are very resistant to change because this is all they've known and why would this style of leadership just stop working all of a sudden? Well, it has led to the great resignation and massive staff turnovers and they would rather not look at empowering their employees and maybe raising mental health awareness, taking action on that, and maybe putting an end to this burnout culture that is intoxicating the global workplace. Maybe if we started implementing this growth mindset and helping to upskill our employees, show appreciation and recognition for their work, give them a sense of purpose, that they may be a bit more loyal to the company and be more productive. Today, I'm joined by Urmi Hossain. She's the social media lead over at the Victoria chapter of the nonprofit Women in Leadership. We talk about all these things, where leadership is lacking, where leadership can improve, how to adopt this growth mindset and put an end to all this stress, anxiety and burnout in today's workplace culture and how women can overcome the limiting beliefs that are stopping them from assuming these leadership roles. Maybe the workplace would be a lot better if we had more women in these leadership roles. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can reach out to me at giveyourselfsomeleeway.com on Instagram at eugene.leeway. Just send me a DM, send me a voice note. I mean, I'm not I'm not that scary, am I? People are t- telling me that I'm scary. I, I don't think I'm scary. Just s- send me a message. Let's have a chat. Okay? And I really hope you enjoy today's episode with Ormi Hassan. Ormi, welcome to Give Yourself Some Leeway. And thank you for taking the time to join the show today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. I mean, Ormi, from your background, you're probably better off telling this than me. But from your whole growth journey to uh, your new career and working for groups like Women in Leadership, what was that like for you? If I have to describe it in one word, word, I would say transformation, because I have seen a lot of changes in me. And I would definitely say I seeing the changes in a more positive way where I became a bit more confident in showing up uh, to the world as myself and also being able to use the knowledge and the skills that I have to transfer to other people. And it has been a very, a very beautiful journey too, because like I, like I like to say that every, every growth comes with being uncomfortable with the, being comfortable with uncomfortable I feel like it's just been so beautiful that I, I just gained so much information and so much knowledge and so much skill that I can I can see how this has been beneficial to me and how it has been touching every aspect of my life. So, so where did it all start? Where did this growth journey begin? Okay, so I I think I was always in that mindset of 
of always growing. Um, what happened is uh, when I finished school, I when I finished university, I started to work. And I feel like when you start working, you just forget to actually still do the things that you're passionate for. So I I was I've been working for a company for a couple of years and I changed into a different company. And then I was like, okay, I want to do things that I really enjoy, such as volunteering and you know, giving back, but at the same time, I also want to improve on my skills. So few of the things um, related to my journey started in 2019, right before COVID, when I joined Toastmaster Club to work on my public speaking skills. And then I would say, um, at like during 2020, when the whole pandemic started, this is when I was like, okay, I have like time available in my hands. I want to use the skills that I have to give back and not just to give back, but also to learn and to grow. So that's when I started to like, work in things such as you know like having my blog having my youtube channel writing my first book creating ebooks and it just started like just as a trial and error because i was like i don't know if i'm capable of doing any of these things i don't want to pay anyone to do any of this thing i just want to learn it myself and i know that a lot of the things took a lot of time and research because like i'm not a youtube expert i'm not a blogger expert like i'm not a blog expert and stuff like that and so i was like okay i'm just gonna take my time and see how, how i can like put myself out there so it just started with like little steps and then um, it came the whole thing with the women's empowerment which is something that I was very like I'm very passionate about this because I feel like it was always something that has been part of me where I feel like I could see around me especially like in the South Asian community which is uh, like where I, I am from um, I could see that there's a lot of double standards and then I come from a background in finance where it's like the world like the the, the financial sector is so male dominated so where you often see a little bit of inequality and so I was like, okay, I want to look for organization that support causes that I also care for. So I joined um, Women in Leadership Organization, which has been pretty recent, actually. It's been, I think, uh, six months, more than six months that I joined this organization. And I am the social media lead. And basically, in this organization, we are a group of five women, um, women in career who are trying to promote this message of women in leadership so we have like events where we invite uh, coaches career coaches and we talk about leadership program we talk about how you can best use LinkedIn to leverage yourself we also have webinars and and then I am part of another organization called 100 women in finance where basically I am a mentor and I mentor the young talents I have like a mentee who I my mentor who, who basically wants to work in finance and she actually she wants to work in finance but she also understand like can I pursue a degree in finance so I basically like guide her a little bit in that and I try to promote that message so these are some of the things that I do uh, right now that's brilliant and it all started really as it really started to let's say scale your growth start to scale during COVID during the lockdown yeah. when yeah. a lot of people had way too much time in their hands a lot of people were either making banana bread or getting very creative with very little toilet paper and uh, there were a lot of people who were using the time that they had and they were trying to find all these ways to either escape from the, the news, the media, the all the, the fear mongering out there and try to just escape from themselves. Yeah. Whereas 
the people who really came out better on the other end of the lockdown and the pandemic were the people who invested in themselves, who yeah. in some way they didn't have to spend any money. All, all the content is probably there free on YouTube or pick up a book. And there's a lot that you can learn. Uh, more mm -hmm. even learning more about yourself becoming more self-aware that's mm -hmm. something that a lot of people find really painful and uncomfortable to do but what better time when you have literally nothing else to do you you can't some people couldn't even go outside their front door what better time to to get to know yourself yes so yes. definitely kudos to you for taking that initiative and as you said, writing books and uh, your own blog and YouTube and everything. Yes, yes. It um, So this whole concept of investing yourself, it's something that I totally support because uh, I like to think that we are our best assets and we have to use the resources available to really invest in ourselves. And it doesn't have to be money. Like you said, it just could be like, taking a course and trying to learn as much as possible from it and trying to see if you can use the skills that you have gained to create something. And so I actually took time to like do all of these things. And there was a lot of the time where I spent like watching videos to learn how to do these things. A lot of the time it was blocking off the time from my calendar to make sure that I was able to accomplish things. Or it was also about showing up, you know, like if you have like, let's say, a webinar or you have a workshop to, to attend I made sure that I attended or that I showed up to those things because it was it was important to build that self-motivation in you to make sure that you were able to accomplish that and I also started to do other things such as like writing down my goals or journaling which really helped me to like you know I would write money I try to manifest that to write through through writing so a lot of the things that I did were journals so I tried to journal and I would write down the goals and then that way I was like okay I can manifest it it's gonna be there out there in the you know in the world so it's gonna it's gonna happen so I was very like consistent but most importantly I was very um, disciplined and I would say that discipline is one thing that I I, I can excel on uh, because especially during the pandemic, not only I was working full time, but I was also studying uh, for a certification in finance, which took probably like 80% of my time. But I always make sure that I made time for these other things that I was passionate for. And you can only do it when you're like disciplined. And I think that's so important when, when it comes to like investing in yourself and make sure, making sure that you achieve all your goals. So coming out the other end of the pandemic, do you think that all of those skills that you picked up investing yourself put you in a better position in terms of career options on the other side of the of COVID? Uh, definitely yes, uh, because I would say that when I was um, during the pandemic, I think as probably everyone did, they, we all changed job. <laughs> And I, I also changed job and uh, I, so what happened is I went through so many interviews for a full year that I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, honestly, I'm done with this. I don't know what's wrong with this. I don't know why people are rejecting me. And I, I don't know how many interviews I went through. And then at some point I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and think about what is actually wrong. And so what happened is I feel like often when it comes to 
doing an interview, we often tend to perform a role to perform, to fit into that candidate, you know, uh, like candidate uh, uh, role. But then I was like, okay, I think I just have to be myself and just speak as I would do like normally. Because at the end, when you're working with someone, they want to see how you are. They, they want to see that like person that you're trying to fit when you're trying when you're going for an interview and so at the end what happened is I just try to be myself and I happen to have actually almost four offers and then at the end I had to like reject some of them and then I chose the place that I am right now but it, it was really just being able to be myself and just sharing the knowledge that I gained and I can see how some of the things that I learned during the pandemic I'm able to actually transfer them to my current uh, position as well because I learned a little bit about like social media and branding yourself and I'm able to actually use them in my current um, current job so it, it has been beneficial because I was able to transfer them to my to my current position and um yeah, and, and actually it's, it's been great because I, I feel like, you know, I was able to leverage it uh, in in many in many places. Yeah, that's great because a lot of the time people forget that it's not just the skills and the modules that you learn in university that people are looking for in job interviews. That It's the skills that a lot of us yeah. pick up outside of work is yeah. what they're really looking for. And that's what makes you stand out as a candidate as well. I think a lot of the time people, as you said, they look at the job description and they say, OK, how do I become a personal assistant for this interview and look at all the skills that I've learned and be a personal assistant for this interview so that they'll pick me to be a personal assistant or uh, be that uh, uh, an accountant or a dentist or a lawyer or what, whatever your skill set is. And a lot of the time people forget that the interviewer is human, too. And they're not just looking for um, someone to fill in a space and be, okay, you're, you're a dentist now, that you're, you're an accountant now. It's like, no, I want Ormi on my team. I want to know Ormi as a human, as a person, mm -hmm. as an individual. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of time, what makes people stand out more in terms of applying for a job is being authentically yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that a lot of people even struggle with themselves. They don't know how to be authentically themselves. Yeah, I, I do agree on that. And I feel I feel the other mistake is that when we are going for an interview, we just think it's a one way street. Like we think, OK, it's just me being able to sell myself for this uh, for this role. And that's it. But honestly, it's a two way street. You need the other person to be able to sell you the, the job as well. And I feel like. A lot of the things, it's more like an interview, it's more like a discussion rather than a conversation. So it's really up to the person being interviewed to turn it into a conversation by asking questions and being curious to know what the other person is doing, like what your interviewer does on a day-to-day -day basis, how long they've been in a company. I think it's it's good to show that you have that curious side in you. It just shows that you, are, that you have an interest and to be really enthusiastic about it. I think those are very, very important. And I think... When you said about skill, I feel like a lot of the things we can just learn them on the spot. But I think what's more important, it's your personality. And I would say your attitude towards something, you know, it's like a lot of the things we can just learn them. Anyone can learn them. Even machines can learn them, you know, but it's more about like your personality and how you show up uh, to, to the world every day. Yeah, because I think 
well, I'm probably going to bite my tongue at two or three years into the future now, but AI cannot influence people the same way. They can't have the same mm-hmm. human touch. Well, they don't have it now anyway, to influence a team. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you if you bring in baking every Friday to motivate your team, mm-hmm. AI isn't doing that yet. And that I think that's something that can help you stand out as a as an individual, as a personality, as a, a leader, or even mm-hmm. just as a colleague. And um I as you said there, it's it, it is it is it is a two-way street um in, when it comes to an interview. They are also trying to sell that position because they want to fill that role with the best possible candidate. Mm-hmm. And even I was job searching recently, even this year, and it was funny because uh a lot of places had been become so accustomed to doing Zoom or Microsoft team interviews that they weren't prepared to have people on site for face-to-face interviews. So more often than not, when they brought me on site, they brought me into this dingy little tiny room uh, with like, and it was just so dark. It felt like an interrogation room in like, a, yes. as if I was being locked up. And, and I was like, okay it was like so this is you trying to get me to join your company I was like I hope you're not going to give me an office like this to work in for the rest of for the rest of my career here and the companies that really stood out were the ones that were like come have a look I want to show you the work that you could be doing this is the work I do on a day-to-day basis this is the team this is the team that you'll be working with would you be happy working mm-hmm. with them and mm-hmm. I I by showing them the candidates not not only being a human resource and manager or supervisor deciding on is a candidate suitable, they introduced the candidates to the whole team and asked the team, okay, uh, do you feel this person is a good fit? Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. not just the manager's decision. They reached out and were like, okay, do you, does the team feel like this person is a good fit? And I feel that that is someone who's looking for a long-term, more sustainable mm-hmm. employee or employee mm-hmm. or a sustainable team because they're taking everyone's opinion mm-hmm. into account. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, rather, rather than putting someone in and being like, okay, they're filling that position and uh, learn on the job and get used to each other because you're going to be stuck to, stuck, stuck to each other for the next five to 10 years. And um, mm-hmm. that's not how you build uh, dynamics. It, it is a two-way street. You, you're looking for the right role for you. And at the same time, you want to make sure that not, you're not just trying to find any position. You're trying to find the right position. And the employer is trying to find the right person. So you're trying to sell yourself the best that you can. And they're also trying to sell their position the best that they can. Yeah. And I also think that it's okay to say no to a job. Uh, I mean, I know we all, when we're looking for a job, we're so desperate that we're willing to take anything that comes first. But I think it's okay to say no if you don't feel 100% for a job. Um Especially because I feel like, you know, you can, you maybe you were able to sell yourself 100%. They, you got the offer, but you were not convinced. Then I would say just take your time to find a better place. I don't think we should take a job just for the sake of taking it. I think it, it's something that really takes time um, to find the right one. Because we spend so much of our time in a workplace that I honestly think you have to make an effort to, 
you really have to work hard to make sure that you find the right fit, even if it takes so much time. And I'm glad I did that because I feel like I was at a point that I was like, okay, maybe I should just take anything randomly. But I'm glad I didn't do that because I would probably regretted it and maybe went again on a search for another year. And I'm glad that I just took my time and found the place that I am right now. It's like any relationship. Your your job is like your professional relationship. You're trying yeah. to sell yourself. They're trying yeah. to sell themselves. But yeah. you can't just like, take the first yes if the feelings aren't there. You're yes. going to be like, yes, I, <laughs> I need to decide what's best for me. And at the same time, what's best for you too. Yes. And I think that's something that people forget. They, As, as you said, they, they say, oh, I got a job opportunity. I have to take it. Yeah. I, I, I can't say no. What if I want to work for them in the future? No. It's the same as any any relationship. You're like, no, maybe we're not a good fit now, but mm-hmm. maybe we're a fit in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that if an employer can't respect that, then mm-hmm. maybe they weren't the right person for the job anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Or may- maybe they weren't the right company for that person. Because if if they can't come to that, let's say, that understanding um, as early as the interview phase, there's going to be a lot deeper concerns and deeper um, scenarios are going to come up and problems are going to come up in that person's life. If they can't have an honest uh, or share their opinion um, in the interview phase without getting um, some negative feedback from manager, how Mm -hmm. are they going to react when it's a much more serious scenario that's probably putting their job on the line or maybe um, they have a family issue that comes up? Mm-hmm. So I I think, yeah, it, I think it's about taking that step back and realizing your own self-worth when it comes to deciding on your career and that you don't have to just take that first opportunity just, just yeah. because yes, you had a good interview and they were impressed with you in the interview phase. It's just like dating. Maybe <laughs> you just had a great date, but you know, it's not suitable long-term. Yeah, this this exactly. has never been a dating podcast. I, I, I'm not a relationship <laughs> coach in any in any form, but um, I'm just an idiot on the internet. If anyone's listening, I'm just an idiot on the internet, put making analogies. Um, but yeah, it's it. You have to consider it. It's a relationship. It's a professional relationship, and you have to, yes, bring yourself at your best. Put all your best values on the table. Be authentically you and see if they're a good fit. Is this where you see yourself long term? Mm -hmm. And if you don't see it long term, maybe you see it's only a one or two year step for you. But you're going to put yourself at your full potential into that company and give them Mm -hmm. two years of your best. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's all they're looking for too. You You might not say that in the interview phase. Maybe that's mm-hmm. something that you'll have at a later discussion w- with with uh, with your manager uh, and, and be like, look, this is a, a step in my growth. Maybe I want to step into a leadership role. And again, that's that's something where you have to come to an understanding. Um, but yeah, c- coming back again to me going off on a, off on a tangent, I apologize. Um, mm-hmm. Coming back to what you said, it, it is a two-way street. That, and I think that's what a lot of people forget, that... They have the power to make that choice. They they choose to take that interview and they can choose whether they take that job or not if it's going to serve them in their growth. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I, I do agree we should choose a job that will help us grow and 
um, my one of my closest friends actually helped me to to come up with the decision when I had to choose among the several offers I got. She actually told me like when you're choosing for a job, choose the job that will bring you closer to yourself. And so because of that, I feel like I could resonate a lot with it. I feel like I made the right decision. I feel like when you're choosing a job, you have to be able to be like you need to find a way where like you know that you can be your authentic self in that place and I think that's very important because then that just transfer into other things where you know you're happy at the work at the at the place where you're working you're willing to stay there longer you are able to you know give your ideas you see that these ideas are being implemented I think that's very important like for anyone who's looking for a job in the corporate world because often I feel like every company is just see you strictly as a number and you just have to do whatever you're being told to do but I think it's really also for the employees to bring ideas and if you're able to bring ideas and be open about it and just be your authentic self I think that it's something that is beneficial both for the employer but also for yourself because you will feel like staying in this place on a longer term and so I think even when you're choosing a, a job, it has to be like somewhere where, where you're like, okay, do I see myself here on a longer term? Do I see myself really growing? And and I think that's how you have to make a decision at the end. I think that's something that employers need to take into account as well. Yeah, that, I know. <laughs> that, 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 that oh, I, I want to help this person to grow. I don't want to take this bright-eyed individual who is crazy about the job and they've got all these amazing prospects and you're like, great, I want them in my company and then I never want to train them. I never want to upskill them because I never want them to leave. That's mm-hmm. a that that that's mm-hmm. a very, again, me going back to relationship analogy, that's a very toxic <laughs> relationship to have with your boss. Um, but if the company is encouraging you to grow and yes, there's a risk that that person is going to leave in two years time because they're going to see I've outgrown this role and maybe mm-hmm. they leave the company, mm-hmm. but they could come back in five or 10 years time as a CFO or CEO mm-hmm. or COO and be like, because of the skills that I learned at this company, yeah. it helped me to accelerate in my career. Mm-hmm. And I had this the skills and the knowledge and I respected them so much that I wanted to come back and serve to my full mm-hmm. potential mm-hmm. at that company again. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like just because you leave a company doesn't mean you can't come back. No, exactly. N- not unless you leave on really bad terms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's only going to be the case if you had a very negative relationship with your boss or with your uh, or with your company that mm-hmm. they didn't train you or they didn't appreciate you for your work and your time mm-hmm. but if a company invests in their in their employees yeah. invests in their growth trains them upskills them communicates with them and gives them ownership and responsibility of their work gives them purpose and drive then they're either going to stay or they're mm-hmm. going to grow and leave with the chance of coming back to serve in some way in time again, or at least giving good words to someone else that they meet on their journey and being like, that's a great company for you to work with if you mm-hmm. are interested in growth. Mm-hmm. And that way they'll interact the right kind of staff to that company. Yes. It's, it's, it's offering goodwill. Exactly. Yes. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I also think this whole concept where 
employers are investing in yourself. I think that's so important. I think that's what, you know, that's how you keep the turnover like low. I think once, um, that's the problem, I think, when it comes to working in the corporate job is that it often, like, the learning curve, it just stops at some point. And that's when I, like, question them, okay, do I stay here? And you need sort of, like, a pump to, like, keep, you know, going forward. And I think when you are, like, especially employers, when they're taking their time to, like, send you to do a training, I think it just helps the employees to be motivated because, you know, it shows that, okay, my employers care for me, but at the same time, you know, I'm growing as a person because I'm learning all these things that I can use in other parts of my life. And I think it's important to always, like, you know, advocate for yourself. Also, like in the sense that, you know, if you're interested in learning something new, then go ahead and speak to your employer about, you know, I want to work on these particular skills and I don't know how I can tackle them. I don't know if you can help them. And I think having this sort of like open open communication, it just strengthens your relationship with your employer, but it also helps you to like, you know, grow as a person and just being really an advocate for yourself. So I, I always like suggest for anyone to like, be an advocate for yourself for anything that you want to achieve, even in your workplace, because it doesn't have to stop the learning curve. It can like keep growing and, you know, it can be like a long, like learning process. It doesn't have to stop at some point, honestly. So what got you into women in leadership? Uh, so basically what happened is it was still during the pandemic. I was looking for um, um, a leadership organ. Well, I was looking for an organization that was dedicated to women's empowerment. So I came across several organizations and I came across one that was in Montreal, which was a, a women in leadership, the chapter in Montreal. But what happened is I just, ha I was just doing so many things that they decided not to take me. And so, like, I think in 2023, which is like at the, at the beginning of this year, I was like, okay, you know what? I want to keep looking for this type of organization that support causes such as, you know, women in leadership position. And so basically uh, the organization itself, it's called Women in Leadership. And we have like several chapters across Canada. So we have like one in Montreal, one in like Ottawa. We have one in Toronto. Like we have, we're pretty much spread. And so I applied in all of them to be part of the organization until one of one of them called me which was the which is the chapter I am part of which is the Victoria chapter which is not in Montreal like it's so far from me uh, they basically reached out to me and they were like oh you know what we need help with someone who can like handle the social media account would you be willing to do that and I was a bit hesitant because I was like I have zero knowledge of how to manage this, a social media account I have no clue how to do it but I was like you know what I'm up for the challenge because I thought that this is an opportunity for me to learn and to grow and actually would like push me to actually do some research on how to do a reel, how to do an Instagram live and stuff like that. So then I joined it and I'm so glad I did because I am part of this organization with like five, four other women. And we're so like, it's so empowering. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, you're among all these women who just want to be like uh, bold and, badass and I don't know if I'm, I was supposed to say this word or not uh, but I, ju I just love that type of environment because I feel like it's just uplifting and I feel like as a social media lead I was able to learn like how to be consistent with my post post uh, how to create like um, something that was like consistent also with like the whole layout that like it's the same color same font 
and also like to, I also did some reels I also did some some lives so I feel like I, I worked a little bit on like you know just PR skills and um and it has been very, very beneficial. And I also do like promote all the events that we do related to women in leadership. So a couple of months ago, we had um, we had a webinar where we had this career coach who came in and she basically told us, how can you create a LinkedIn page and how can you like, you know, what are some of the things that you must know when it comes to like promoting yourself through LinkedIn? And we had almost like uh, 170 attendees like on a Zoom call. And it was, it was beautiful because I felt like, all these women they're here for the one thing only and we're like brought together to this like one thing that like with that we share so it's nice because it's like you feel the women's you know you feel that, that power when you're like with other women who are there for the same goal and so I very much promote like women in leadership in like I actually like I like having like I think we should have more women in leadership position uh, especially because we do live in a world that where we see a little bit of you know inequality and we I also like the movie Barbie that just came I don't know if you watched it it's all about that topic feminism and women's empowerment and I feel like the movie was trying to reflect a little bit about the society issue when it comes to women's uh, women in leadership or women's empowerment so I I very much support this cause I feel like we do need equality and more women in leadership yeah, I think um, that's one thing that's come up a lot. People keep on talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I was like, I haven't seen either of these, but I'm open to having conversations about both topics. Um, so Unless they start making movie quotes and references from Barbie. And I'm like, OK, that's that's, that's over my head. Uh, but it doesn't have to do with the, with the topic at hand. But what do you feel is the biggest issue when it comes to women in leadership, what do you feel is the biggest thing holding women back from taking those positions in leadership? So I think it's um it's a it's a lack of confidence and the fact that we don't believe enough in ourselves and in our skills. Um because we just I think as a woman we just wanna like be perfect make sure that we have all the skills necessary to do a certain role whereas I feel like for men it's a bit different they're like okay if I meet 60% of it that's fine I'm gonna apply for this role but for women they want to be like 100% of it and I think sometimes because they don't believe in that they're just like okay like I'm not gonna apply for it so there's this lack of confidence and then I think through time when um, through time what happened is uh, I, f- I feel like when you like reach a certain age and you want to become a parent and so forth, you just change your per- priorities, I would say. And that's where you're like, okay, I don't think my priority is to be a woman in career, I'd rather be a woman at home taking care of my kids and so forth. So I think priorities changes, which is why I feel like at some point you don't see some woman leadership position and and also because, you know, I feel like when it comes to like paternity leave and maternity leave, you know, maternity leave is like much longer than paternity. And that's also inequality. So you don't see a lot of men staying at home and women going back to to work. So there is that too, which is like the whole, like, I would say more like a structural issue as well. So there are like a lot of factors as well. And I think as women, we often tend to feel a bit guilty you know especially like yes you want to be a woman in career but then let's say you have commitment personal commitment at at home especially when you're a mom you're like 
okay but I feel guilty leaving my kids so that's why you're like okay you know what it's fine it's just work so I'm just gonna stick at home so there are so many things that I feel like comes into into play and I also feel like sometimes the other issues that employers are not flexible enough when it comes to this like maybe they just want the, the job to be done so they don't care you know who's doing it they they would rather prefer you know that it's a man doing the job because women maybe have to rush to go home and take care of the kids so that too it's like and it, sometimes women are a little bit in disadvantage I would say so well I, again this is probably me being ignorant but I always found mothers have some of the strongest leadership skills and they're the most innate leadership skills or maybe just learn on the job when you're dealing with two, three, maybe 10 kids at a birthday party and you have to manage that. You're trying to organize this chaos and there's a lot of leadership skills that you pick up on the way as, as a parent. And maybe it's something that they feel that they don't have the the corporate skills and training as a as part of their career break as a parent. And um, I find that when it comes to returning to the workplace, maybe the kids have grown up a bit now, maybe they're teenagers, maybe they're young adults, and uh, a woman wants to return to the workplace, but they feel that they've been left behind or that they feel that they, they've lost touch of their skills. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that they have these qualities that from, from being a parent that make them an even better leader in terms of being able to communicate with people um, more on a human level and being able to influence people on a more human level. Um, and maybe the gap is just that they don't have the, maybe the corporate know-how, maybe the industry has changed a little bit since they were last in the, in the job and they just need to bridge that gap to get back on to get back on track um is that something that women in leadership helps to bridge that gap or do you feel that there's something more at play that makes it harder for a woman to return to the workplace so we do definitely help with that like we do have conversation with other women we bring speakers to speak about this and we have like leadership program as well and I do agree with you that I think women when they become others they get they acquire all these new skills that it's like they can use it in other in other places but and I also think every single woman is a superwoman but I think the issue is sometimes I feel like I feel like sometimes the issue is that uh it's it, yes there is that I would say that gap that, that you have missed you know those those that year because you were at home but I feel like sometimes you just don't feel like you just don't feel like going back because you're like you don't see the purpose of it and I think it's because your priorities have shifted um, and I've seen also shift in a lot of the women that I have met who basically quit their job and they were like okay I just want to be an entrepreneur because I don't I don't want to depend on anyone I want to create my own schedule and I think as women, we want to have that freedom and flexibility, especially when you reach a certain age. But with that said, there are still women who are like working really hard to be like a CEO of a company or a CFO. And I think it, the, the issue is that our society is so male-dominated that sometimes I feel like you're not able to win this because the men makes, make the rules. And so that's also another issue, I would say. It's like if 
you know, if, if there were more women making rules, I think things would be slightly different. Uh, that's, that's my opinion about it. So if anyone wants to hear more about women in leadership or get in touch, what's the best way that they can reach out to you or me? So they can just uh, type women in leadership on Google and they have to type women in leadership Victoria chapter if they want to learn, learn more about our chapter. We have a website, we have an Instagram page and I usually handle the Instagram page so they can just follow us there and I can, if they want to message us, we're more than happy to, to help them. And if anyone wants to be in contact with me, I have a LinkedIn account, which is called Urmi Hossain. I have a YouTube channel called Urmi Hossain. I have a blog called myways.ca and I have an Instagram account called Urmamiya. So if anyone wants to be in touch, they can just follow me. <laughs> awesome. Brilliant. Urmi, it was great having you on the show and thank you again so much for your time. Thank you.